plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Whew. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast on a gloomy Friday here in Cincinnati. A lot to get to. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm James Erpine on Twitter. At James Erpine at Locked on Bengals. You can subscribe on iTunes and Audioboom.com. Man, oh man, what a week it has been. I've talked about free agency. I've talked about why the Bengals should go after players that are still free agents and so much more. So go back and listen uh, to this week's episode if you've missed it. A, a lot to talk about today. And, and I want to start... Uh, as I have a lot this week with the theme, because I've been paying a lot of attention to it, and I, I promise you it relates to your football team, to the team that you're uh, loyal to, the Bengals, because I assume if you're listening to this, you're a Bengals fan. And, and I want to start by talking about the NBA. And in the NBA, you have directions in which you can go. Uh, just like football, there are teams that are admittedly tanking or rebuilding. There are teams that are going for it and, and have all the pieces and, and are, are poised to contend for years and years and years, like the Golden State Warriors. And then there's the in-between, teams like the Celtics that might have the assets, teams like the Lakers, who are historically great but have taken a, step year, uh, a couple years back pretty much, have had a couple down years. Well, the Golden State Warriors are the, the NBA equivalent to the New England Patriots right now. Best roster, best coach, best GM. They didn't have a draft pick yesterday, and they addressed a weakness just like the Patriots would have by buying into the draft. Like that, That's just something savvy that the Patriots would do. And then you have the teams at the bottom that you look at their draft. Like the Browns the past couple years, I, I looked at their draft and I've said, huh, I really like Corey Coleman. Browns got him. Wow, Kaiser in round two, Miles Garrett. They added that Njoku, the tight end for Miami. The Browns, not historically great run, but they drafted pretty well. That was the Sacramento Kings when they got De'Aaron Fox and a bunch of other guys yesterday. I thought they drafted pretty well. And then you have the, the teams in the middle. And the, the reason I, I, I brought all that up is, is, is because the teams in the middle usually decide they're either going to go for it or they're not going to go for it. They're going to keep their core, try to add a piece or two in the draft, and boom, go all in. Or they're not, and they're going to try to rebuild and maybe take a step back for a couple years to get back to that point. The Bengals took a step back last year. And I looked at, and obviously their draft, they killed it, right? They killed it in a variety of ways. I think, one, they have an identity. I said that the day after the draft. And that is very, very, very important. I think the Bengals right now looked at their offense and said, well, we have a quarterback in his prime. We have one of the best wide receivers in the game, the best wide receiver in franchise history, and A.J. Green on our team. We need to get some weapons around these guys. Tyler Eifert, if he can't stay healthy, so be it. We need to get some weapons around Andy and AJ. They're the, the guys keeping us afloat. 
and I'm not the biggest Andy Dalton fan, but when you look around the league, Andy Dalton's a hell of a lot better than some of these guys. So what they did is they said, that's fine. We're going to go in a direction, a direction where we see what Atlanta does, what we see what the Patriots do. They have weapons on weapons on weapons on weapons. So in the past two years, yeah, they lost Muhammad Sanu and Marvin Jones in free agency. The Bengals have six new wide receivers in two years. Brandon LaFell, Alex Erickson, Tyler Boyd, Cody Core, uh, Josh Malone, and then my guy, John Ross, the speedster, Mr. 422. They have a direction. We are going to score and score and score and score and score and score on you. They have an identity. And then they get Joe Mixon. Yes, off the field, but he's a top 10 talent. We love him. We think he's just as good or, or right up there with the LSU running back that everybody liked, Leonard Fournette. So they get him, and he they love that he's big and strong and can run between the tackles and can catch passes out of the backfield and is a good blocker and can do it all. They love him, so they get him. There is an identity. This wasn't a draft where the Bengals picked uh, another corner and said, well, best player available. No, no, no. The Bengals clearly were like, we're getting faster. We're getting more athletic on the defensive line. We're getting more athletic at wide receiver. We're getting more athletic at running back. We're going to get faster. We are going to be better. We're going to be more athletic than the other teams moving forward and in the future. And so this week I've given the Bengals a lot of crap, a lot of crap for their free agent Mistakes, free agent miscues, including not re-signing Andrew Whitworth and, and just kind of saying, oh, well, that, that's our 53. Those are our guys. We're not going to go out and get this veteran or this veteran that might be better, might help our roster. We're going to wait. We're not going to do that. We're going to roll with these young guys. And, and I've given them a hard time, but now it's time to give them some credit. I watched the Chicago Bulls yesterday trade away a player, a top 15 player in the NBA. And Jimmy Butler, a top 15 player. The Chicago Bulls won't have another Jimmy Butler for five years minimum. (laughs) And he's 27 and in his prime. I've watched Phil Jackson of the New York Knicks throw out the idea of of potentially trading Kristaps Porzingis. And you don't need to know who these guys are. It doesn't matter. But he's a 21, 22-year-old almost superstar in the NBA, probably superstar in the making in the NBA. That would be like the Bengals moving on from A.J. Green two years ago. I I, I mean, these guys give the Bengals, rip them as much as you want, but I feel like I know the direction they're going in. I feel like I know what the plan is. It might not work, but this is the plan that I probably would make in today's NFL. We are going to spread it out. You ain't going to be able to guard everybody. And we have a quarterback who's 29, 30 years old that we trust, that doesn't turn the ball over, and we are just going to score on you and score and score and score and score and score and score. That's what we're going to do. And then we're going to get after the quarterback with these young defensive ends, Carl Lawson. And that's it. Vontez Burfecht's going to be a terror in the middle. We're going to have solid, a solid secondary with George Iloka and Dre Kirkpatrick and Adam Jones. Our defense is going to be really solid. Top 12, top 15. And our offense... Buckle up. That's what I think the Bengals are saying. And if you're a Bengals fan today, because I'm reading these draft grades in the NBA, and some teams are really uneasy right now. Some fan bases, what the hell are we doing? Others, hopeful, like the Lakers with Lonzo Ball. And then others, like Minnesota, 
they get a star in his prime in Jimmy Butler, and they traded up a traded up a, a bag of lays and a draft pick to get Jimmy Butler. They're excited because now they have a direction. That's the Bengals. That's why you should be excited today because there's a direction, and the direction is let's go win. It, they didn't take a step back. They didn't trade from the ninth pick to the 20th pick and, and get a, a developmental defensive end to address the pass rush needs or to get a defensive end that's going to have a, a moderate impact. And that's what they would have done if they would have tra- taken like Derek Barnett from Tennessee. Instead, they said, we want the fastest damn player in the draft who runs great routes and is going to have an impact as soon as he's healthy. We want the second best running back on our board, maybe the best running back in this draft. We want another big wide receiver that can go out there and and just catch balls for Andy Dalton and we can rotate in and out. We want pass rushers that are super athletic, that are young, that were productive. Jordan Willis, Carl Lawson, they both fall into that category. That's the Bengals' direction. Rip them for free agency, but I love that draft. And today, the day after the NBA draft, I think back and I look and I thank God the Bengals have a direction. Because could you imagine if they would have taken a corner and a pass rusher and maybe a running back in round three? Like, let's just say that. Let's just say they would have taken Derek Barnett at nine. Then a corner in round two because he was the highest player on the board. Let's say a Sidney Jones. And then in round three, they got Kareem Hunt from Toledo. And then they, even, even if they got a wide receiver in round four, let's say they get Josh Malone in round four. I don't know what the Bengals are. Mid-round running back, not a star. Pass rusher, that's good, not great. Cornerback, where the hell is he going to go? But instead, they loaded up, man. Three out of our first four picks, our offense, our offense, uh, we had nine losses last year. Our offense didn't score more than 20 points in any of those games. We are going to load up on offense. We are going to get after you. If you're a Bengals fan today, especially if you're an NBA fan and you paid attention to that draft, just a little perspective, at least you have a direction. At least you know what the Bengals' plan is. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. I appreciate you tuning in today. On Twitter, at James Erpine and, and Kodiki, chimes in on Twitter and he says, I guess James Rapine doesn't know that the reason why they don't bring in roster competition is because it might mean Mike pays someone that's cut. It all comes back to money. Okay. And again, that I mentioned that though. I, I mentioned that and I, I don't know why that that's a thing. I, I part of my analogy with the Patriots and, and what what makes them great is they're not afraid to pay players like David Harris, who can make up to six and a half million dollars over two years, who they signed earlier this week, has over a thousand tackles in his career, talked about him at large on Wednesday's podcast. They won't be afraid to cut him just because they guaranteed him some money. It is June twenty third. If David Harris doesn't perform, he will be cut before the first week of the season. What, September seventh, eighth? He'll be gone. He won't make final cuts. That's the beauty of the Patriots. Yes, we might have to spend a, a eight hundred grand here or five hundred thousand dollars, but it's worth seeing getting a look at this guy because he's a veteran, because we can trust him, because he's played in AFC Championship games, and he might help us. And if he can help us win, we should take the risk to take a look at him. They signed Reggie Wayne mid training camp a couple years ago. 
Reggie left the team, said it wasn't for him. They still paid him his $900,000 guaranteed. He was there for like three weeks. Was that worth it? No. But for every player that it wasn't worth, there are other guys that it, it's certainly worth it. Like you can't, and that, that's why, and that's the biggest thing for me. That is why you take these risks. You, you can't be afraid to say you're wrong. Bill Belichick screwed up so many times. Will, Vince Wilfork, wrong. Uh, Chad Johnson, like it or not, I love Chad. My favorite player of all time, definitely favorite Bengals player. He got it wrong. $6 million, fifth and sixth round picks, and they lost Brandon Tate. For what? For 16 receptions, I think he had. Released the next year. They didn't double down and try to make it work and keep him around. No, gone. That's it. One year, done. And that's how you have to be. Take a stab. The free agency, it's just like the draft in a lot of ways. You evaluate veterans, try to figure out who's still available that can play. Then you get a closer look at them by signing them, maybe working them out. Then if you decide to sign them, you get an even closer look and a better idea. And then, are they worth playing or are they not? Are they worth making the team or are they not? Maybe, maybe not. You don't necessarily know. It's like throwing darts at a dartboard. You could take educated guesses and, and take another step closer to the dartboard to make it an easier shot. And keep educating yourself and scouting and scouting and scouting and scouting and have a better idea. And that's what the Patriots do better than anyone. Because while they're evaluating you, like Bill Belichick loved Chad. He didn't know he couldn't read a playbook. That's the problem. Chad still had something. But he was evaluating him throughout Chad's career. You know that. And the moment he could get him for a fifth round pick, hell yeah. Worked with Randy Moss. Probably going to work with Brandon Cooks. Worked with Wes Welker, by the way. So ultimately, I, I, I think, yes, you're right. Money could be an issue. I'm saying it shouldn't be. It's that simple. It shouldn't be an issue. And if, if you're not willing to move on from players that aren't good enough to beat out a 33-year-old veteran or, or beat out a rookie or, or whatever the case may be, an undrafted free agent, well, then you're in the wrong business. Because ultimately, and, and I'm serious about this, if it's about winning, you should want the best 53. It doesn't matter what, what round you pick this guy in or how much upside he has. Like Marcus Hunt, there was no, he had no business being here last year. No business. And he signed with Indy, and he got a two-year deal, and that's because they have a crappy defensive line. And I actually like what Indy did because they added Jabal Sheard. They added a, a defensive tackle from the Giants. I forget his name off the top of my head. I like what they did, but the hell, I, I don't know why they wanted Marcus Hunt. I don't think he's good. And the fact that they picked him over Tyron Matthew, who I wrote about and, and went to the wall for and said that the Bengals should pick him in round one, and then they didn't pick him in round two, and then he ended up being a pro bowler. Well, that... Uh, that still haunts me. I wish they would have listened. Wrote this big feature. I was I was still in college. Wrote this big feature. Senior in college. The Bengals should take the, the weed head, as everyone called him. Tyron Matthew. They should have. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. It is Friday. Hopefully you have a great weekend. It is gloomy here in Cincinnati. Raining. It's supposed to rain today and tomorrow. Hopefully you can relax if you live in Cincinnati and watch movies or something all night. 
I appreciate you tuning in. Subscribe on iTunes, audioboom.com, and uh, training camp just getting closer and closer and closer. So I appreciate you tuning in, working on some guests for next week. Until then, I'm James Rapine. Thank you for listening to the Locked on Bengals podcast. 